Hi there, I'm Brendan, a certified home inspector with Rumi. Do you have a problem that needs fixing? Whether it's big or small, inside or outside, let me help you find out what's really going on. You can call me by phone, or we can take a look together over video chat. Visit rumi.ca, that's R-U-M-I dot C-A, and go to Ask a Home Inspector to book your appointment with me today. We're good. Okay, let's uh, let's dive in. Raj, thank you so much for coming back onto the second floor. Season mm-hmm. two, yeah. uh, brand new studio. You know, last time we had you, we were kind of in different spots. We were in a cafe. We were uh, we were in my old office, mm-hmm. and now we are in the new new studio. New digs, yeah, yeah. The official studio. Yeah, it looks good in here, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it feels like the set of a. Uh, of like a 90s or, or late 90s film studio yeah that's what it feels like in here no it, it is great I uh I, me and Kenny um wanted to give a little bit of a, a different vibe mm-hmm. you know and and now we have this setup but um thanks so much for coming um I wanted to get into what we were talking about the last 20 minutes what it was abundance mindset mm-hmm. um you know our audience members are looking for value they're looking for things uh you know, to strive and get to the next level. That's the whole concept of the second floor. And I think this topic is perfect and how abundance mentality is just as important as execution and everything else that we've talked on about on the second floor. Mm-hmm. Can we get into, you know, what is abundance mentality to you and why it's important? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so it's, I think what we're talking about today is a mindset. It's a mental approach towards approaching situations, whether they be personal and or business. And it's a mindset towards how do you use your mind to channel your energy to achieve whatever you want to achieve, to achieve an experience, to achieve success, to achieve a challenge. So we're going to talk about the mindset today, I think. Yeah. Um, the topic you, you identified is abundance mentality, which is really uh, the mindset of there's plenty out there. And that, you know, if you believe truly at your core that there's plenty out there, plenty of love, plenty of business opportunities, plenty of situations that are worthy of your experience, then your energy will go towards that. Your effort, your belief, your time, you will, you know, if you had a bowl full of fruit, the fruit will be multiple colors as a result of your energy put towards that mindset. On the opposite side, if you have a scarcity mentality, then you may believe that there's not plenty out there or there's a a lack of abundance. And if you don't believe that there's plenty out there, then your energy will not go towards it. You will not believe and, and your bowl of fruit will look more empty and more boring. Mm. You know, and there's reasons for both of those, but we are human. We're creatures of imperfection. And if we have an opportunity to make a little bit of a change, obviously you want to trend if possible towards that direction in order to have a more colorful bowl of fruit. Right. And I feel like it's easy to get into the scarcity mindset when 
um, things are unknown to you. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're trying, when you look at certain things that people do, or maybe there's certain goals you want to achieve. Yeah. Um, it's very easy to go to towards the scarcity mindset because you've never actually known that area of um, whatever it is. So, in your pro, like, how do you approach certain goals or certain things and we were talking about this earlier about the hierarchy and i want you to get into that but if you know in my experience there's been certain cases where you know i'm just going 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 in in either my goals or my business that i'll forget the personal side or i'll forget to eat you know after 10 hours of work mm-hmm. and i'm like oh i gotta eat um how does one go about that approach um, well, let's go back to the uncertainty for a second first. Yeah. So you're right. If we're approaching a new situation, whether it be personal or professional, we may have questions about what might this look and feel like. And if there's an uncertainty, humans tend to fill in the uncertainty with fear or hope or some healthy mix of the two, right? So you kind of have to self-identify, do I, like, what are my current mental habits? If I'm in an uncertain situation, do I tend to fill it in with uncertainty and fear? And do I get worried? Do I get anxious? Do I avoid? That's okay. Just identify it for yourself. Or do I approach it with hope? And do I think, oh, this is kind of cool. This is exciting. This is perhaps invigorating. This is what I need or I want. You know, like, where do you, where do you sit? What are your habits? And then if your habits serve you, call it a wash. Move along. If your habits don't serve you and you feel like, yo, maybe there's something I can change here. Maybe I get too excited. I have to pull myself back a little bit. Mm. Or maybe I get too worried. I have to give myself more hope. Like, where do I fall and where can I fine tune my own mindset? And that's for each person to identify for themselves. You might need your friends, your family to help you. But really, it's up to the person. Mm. Now, now going back to the other topic of, of um, how to approach, let's call it success. There's, there's one end where it's very present focused, and that would be like, for example, today. And there's another end, which is very future focused, and we'll get there in a second. So the today approach is very much like, what do I need and or want to do today, either because of fun or to achieve a goal? And in order to do that, we're human. We have to follow Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We need food, shelter, water, and love. So in order to fuel your own existence to achieve whatever you want to achieve today, you have to eat, you have to have a roof over your head, you have to have water and you have to have love and you have to give and take love. So, you know, first off, serve your human needs and make sure that you're doing those well. And if you do those well, now you can take your energy that you fueled and channel it towards whatever it is that you want to do. Uh, On the future side, this becomes a bit of a bigger project, but you might have to sit down and have a scheming session. And the scheming session, let's say you have a goal for November 2021 or December 2021. It's roughly a year away. Right. And if that's for your business or your personal life. If that's your goal, you have to define it. You have to define it either on paper or in, in verbal. And once it's been clearly defined, then you have to ask yourself, what will it take to help me achieve that goal? And it might take a process of 10 steps. Right. So if you work back, you have to sequence those steps right. and decide this is step one, this is step two, this is step three, all the way up to step 10. 
and you have to decide when you're going to take the first step. Hopefully, the first or second step are also large dominoes. So you take the first step and you start working through the process and you have markers along the way to check your progress. But you also hope that that first or second step is a large domino that when it falls, it leads to more energy, more momentum, more motivation to complete the other steps. Conversely, if that first step is kind of boring, you might not have the motivation to continue and then the project falls off. Mm. So you want to strategically establish your goal work the backward steps to get to that goal and take the first or second step that has to be in an ideal world a large domino which leads to the rest mm. and uh, i love that and i want to talk about going into it uh urgency <clears throat> how how, do, how how does urgency fall into this entire thing um urgency is sometimes out of our control it could be a COVID pandemic, it could be a personal situation, it could be one's own health. So part of it is to a degree out of our control. So you have to self-identify, you know, where am I at as a human? And, and like, how am I doing? I think what you're getting at though is creating your own healthy urgency in order to create energy and motivation and, and fueling towards progressing. So if you've established where you are today, this is kind of how I'm doing, fitness, family, my own mental space, I'm sleeping well, etc. And then I want to get to here, then you have to f create that healthy urgency somehow. That might be with strategic planning, that might be with putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation on purpose, that might be by surrounding yourself by others who have kind of done it before and have some, have some influence over you, right? So, so healthy urgency is a strategy that certainly you can use. And, um, and when used repeatedly, you'll start getting good at it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And do you, and I, I know I'm kind of nitpicking, um, cause I, I'm actually, I'm very curious, but me personally on my end of things, I feel like the urgency I've created is by surrounding myself with people who have that same healthy urgency in whatever they're striving in. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, talking about these things and speaking about certain yeah. things to remind myself of where I'm headed or where I want to get to. Sure. And so this is, you know, this, this whole platform, the second floor platform has allowed me to also stay in the healthy abundance mindset yeah. by bringing on others who, um, have certain values that I want to portray in my yeah. own life. Yeah. And it's allowed me to expand out of my own, um, so to speak, barriers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're surrounding yourself with people and the messaging that's coming your way and the messaging that's coming to the audience's way is of humans that are imperfect, that have had something successful occur to them that they want to share. So you're getting messaging that's kind of positive. Right? Your overall theme is right. positive, right? Yeah. And, and re versus negative, right? You don't have a bunch of guests that are bringing you down. Yeah. A bunch of guests that are bringing you up. Yeah. 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 And I feel, I feel like that has allowed me to stay, quote unquote, in that abundant mindset mm -hmm. all year round. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like my, the last two years, I've done my own personal transformation in my own life, right. in my own habits. Right. Now, for those who uh, potentially want to get to this abundant mentality and mindset, 
maybe they have a bar, they have a line that, you know, maybe they are striving. You know, we have a lot of audience members that are feeding themselves with right. this positive right. and uh, abundant mindset. But um, it's very easy to say and it's very easy to think, but it's harder to execute. And so how, and I know you talked about this earlier, but you, you said uh, going straight into discomfort, you know, following that, finding it in your own life going towards it and you find that that's very healthy how far does one need to go in their own personal life um to you know get that discomfort now i know a lot of people they will like again we have new year's resolutions we have certain goals we have that 12 month marker um but when you get to the three month mark that's when it becomes actual work you know Mm -hmm. the 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 phase of the 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 honeymoon phase ends and this is now work and it's and it's going against your own grain so Mm -hmm. to speak Mm -hmm. so how far does one need to go in order to make it into a habit how far does one need to go in order to continuously have that abundant mindset and whatever they're achieving because you know that results don't come in three months or whatever it ends up being whatever if it's a very big goal you will not see results physically manifest within three months right so i I think one has to just really like appreciate the journey Mm. you know because if you get a goal in three months or you get a goal in nine months or you get a goal in two years and you didn't get there without the journey and you will not get to the next goal without the journey the journey is by definition what that's where the work occurs. That's where the process occurs. And that's from where the results come. That's like, that's the only reality that you can invest in. You can't invest in the result. It's going to be somewhat out of your control. So that, that's just it. So you, if you become attached to the result, mm. mentally or psychologically, that can be a hindrance because you might not get there. You might ascend it, you might descend it, you might get there later, you might never get there. So, you know, what What you can control is your effort, your time, and your, your commitment to the process. So if it's a New Year's resolution, let's take that as an example. January, I do really well. February, I fall off the wagon a little bit. I tell myself after Valentine's, I'll get back on track and I never get back on track. And then March comes and it's, the resolution's over, I'll wait till next year. Yeah. Pretty common story, right? You see gyms, attendance goes up in January, drops in February. This (laughs) is pretty common year over year. But the ones that did not drop off, they had a common approach of, I'm committed to the process, to the journey. I'm not necessarily committed to a result, right? So like, I think you you have to become connected to the steps, become connected to the process and just enjoy, truly enjoy each minute of every day working towards that. Mm. Not really enjoy the result because because that will be fleeting, mm. that result. Once you achieve it, you will have achieved it and then what? And you're left with emptiness again. Mm. So So that can't be like the only driver. The driver has to include a lot of enjoying the journey. Do you carry a chip on your shoulder? No, <laughs> no. Um, I did before. There's previous times in my life, but no. That's the the chip on the shoulder analogy. I think is relating to ego. 
you know, like, you know, if I did have a chip on my shoulder, usually that means that there's, I want to prove somebody wrong or somebody has wronged me or, you know, I need to prove something to myself. Like it's kind of that stuff. Um, and those are, those are the flavor of that commentary is ego driven. Um, so that's certainly not my like first approach, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. That can drive people. Yeah. That can motivate people. That can create a lot of hunger. That can create a lot of urgency. That can actually make a lot of results happen. So use it if if you have it. Use it. Channel it. But also be aware of it. You know, don't be ignorant to the fact that that is what's driving you. Mm. It's okay. But you know, at the end of the day, be aware of what your drivers are. Mm. How often do you self reflect? You know, I know like every day at least. Every day. Yeah, and, and probably all the time. Like, there's just a process of ongoing. I, I don't know the answer. It's it's frequent. It it's is highly frequent. Yeah, mm. as at least every day. Yeah, to some degree. Mm. And 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 that allows you to kind of keep that abundance mentality going. Yeah, they, they, I mean they're connected. Mm. They're not cause and effect. Mm, okay. Um, they're connected. Like I believe. Like I self reflect because I value the process and i i like asking myself how did i do over there could i have done better could i have done worse would i have done that a year ago well that's kind of interesting so i like looking at those things i'm curious about that Uh, and then that also gives me space to bring ego down and improve it gives me space to do that um now i have the mindset of there's plenty out there we're we're very lucky we're very very you know i'm very thankful to live where we live and have what we have so i believe it's my responsibility to self-reflect and act in that direction if i don't that means i will be more ignorant that's like that's the reality if i don't self-reflect i will be more ignorant if i do self-reflect i will be less ignorant and still not perfect right so they're connected but they're not like one doesn't cause the other. They're, they're two um, mindsets that I have, and and I think people should use them in a way that serves them, in a way that serves their the greater good. Is giving a cause of abundance mentality? No, I think giving is an effect. Uh, so, like, if you believe there's plenty out there, then you'll give, you'll share. If I believe there's plenty of time, I'll give you my time. If I believe there's plenty of money, I'll give you gifts. If I believe there's plenty of food, I'll share my plate with you. And like, if I believe that there's plenty out there, I'm more likely to share. That's that. So it's the effect of the mindset. Mm. Yeah. Do you think, and, and, and there's a lot of people that, you know, are volunteers, the people yeah. that do give when sure. potentially they might not be in a position to give, but they do give. Sure. They might have that sure. abundance of mentality and they might be able to um, give. Uh I'm in the belief uh, that you're able to give at any time, but I feel like if you work on yourself and you get to a certain position, you're able to give more and you're able to do more. Um, now, is especially in society today, there's in our society, there's this whole thing of achieve, 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 mm-hmm. go, 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 individualism. Mm-hmm. A lot of it sure. is individual driven. And so the giving is kind of put on the back burner and it's, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta be, you gotta have the healthy body. You gotta have a social media presence. You have to, um, 
run a business these days. You know, business is glorified. Entrepreneurs are glorified in this day and age. Everybody wants to be their own sure. boss. It's the grind and hustle mentality. The grind hustle mentality, right? Yeah. And so that also causes scarcity mindset, I think, in, in certain scenarios. In it certain can, factors. yeah, because then those people might be using their time to drive those things and less of their time to give to others or give back or that's right that might look like now me going through my journey with the podcast and you know the music and and a lot of the projects that i'm doing i've realized that those who are in positions uh of again i, I believe this is all abundance mentality but i feel like the more you give at the other end of things the more you get Right. You get back. Yeah. yeah, there's there's a return, right? But it's yeah. tough to get into that mindset if you're mm -hmm. always go, 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 me, 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 gotta get more money, gotta have that body, gotta so it's it's a lot of this mm -hmm. me, me, me. Mm -hmm. So for those, especially uh guys and girls that are coming up, how do you get into a position of having that mentality of if I give more down the road, I may get, but I I've giving is the getting detached from the th of the whole thing of me, 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 but knowing that giving is actually a good thing because down the road, it will lead, potentially lead to something positive. Yeah. <clears throat> well, first of all, I don't know that I'm the rest, right person to ask that question to, but I'll try. Yeah. And I, I don't think I'll have the perfect answer mm. um, because it's something that I've struggled with too over the years. Yeah. Of, um, you know, for me, it's been trying to figure out how much time and energy is driven towards bettering myself, which I do believe is important and I have no problem with that. Bettering my business, which I also believe in and don't have a problem with that. But balancing that with other things, such as philanthropy, charity, giving back to others, all of this is important. So finding the balance is, is where I put my effort. I don't think I've mastered it yet, but I have certainly worked towards it. Uh, so the first step is awareness, I guess. I can for sure say that much is being aware. Like if you said some people are so stuck on one thing and they're not even aware of the others, then it just won't happen. So the first step is awareness. This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by Edmonton Community Foundation. The foundation acts as a bridge between donors and charities to create a strong, vibrant community for generations to come. You can start an endowment fund yourself or with a group. Once it reaches $10,000, it can start distributing. Vital Signs is an annual checkup conducted by the Edmonton Community Foundation in partnership with Edmonton Social Planning Council to measure how the community is doing. This year's focus is on millennials. Learn more at ecfoundation.org. After that, I think you you play with a few things and see what works for you and see, you know, where do you find intrinsic value in giving without looking for the return? Because if you're looking for the return, it's still self-driven. Mm. So I think that if you truly want to give, give. And that's the win. That's the return is the fact that you got to give. This is getting into philosophy now. I don't know who the philosopher is, but there is a philosopher out there that that there's a philosophical debate that exists in the philosophical community about this. Do people give and is that selfish? Or do people give and is that selfless? Mm. And I don't know that there's ever been an answer because yeah. it's a little bit of both. It is. If I give something to you, I might feel good. Yes. 
that made me feel good. So I got a return. Yes. So was that selfish? Mm. Maybe. Or it was it I give to you and that's selfless? I don't know the answer. Mm. But I'm, I'm at peace with it being both. With the understanding that I'm not giving to you for the sake of a return. Like if I want to give to you, it's just because I want to give to you and that's it. I don't want to look for the return. I don't want to worry about that. I don't want to think about that. So I give to you mm. and that's that's it. You can say thanks. I'll say you're welcome. Yeah. But that that's the reason. That's all it is for me. It ends there. Right. So if you're giving for the sake of the return, then you're still kind of acting self-driven. That seems to be the motivator. Mm. So I, I don't know that I'm giving the right answer here, but no, I think no, a balanced like approach that. and awareness is the key and then using it in a way that that does ultimately if you if you are in a position to give and able to give in in something in a direction or charity or philanthropic effort or time that is meaningful to you then give mm. and and that's the return i kind of want to switch directions a little bit um and kind of get getting back into the the mentality side of things mm-hmm. now i know you know me and you are fans of kobe um the late kobe bryant um and obviously we cherish um, what he's done um, as a human being and his kind of values and characteristics. Mm-hmm. But uh, the whole the whole idea of obsession, yeah. you know, I've, I've, I've been very intrigued and a lot of guys who have achieved the pinnacles of success, if you will, yeah. always say they're obsessed yeah. about the one thing that they've done and sure. that's what's led to their success. Yeah. What are your thoughts on obsession? What are your thoughts on the that obsessive confidence that is mm-hmm. like the normal average human being can't even really fathom? They're they're so left field or they're so right field. Sure. Um, how do you? What are your thoughts on on that? Well, Kobe Bryant is one example. Michael Phelps is another example. Michael Jordan is another example. So there, I mean, there there are, you know, these are athletes, but in in that world, there's a few examples of people that are historically been successful they were born with some talent they were born with some genetic gifts but they there's a bunch of people that are born with talent and genetic gifts and there's only a few of them who tend to ascend to that level of success so the differentiating factor the narrative is that it's the obsession or the work ethic or the reps or or you know not letting anything else get in the way that requires sacrifice too right kobe very very clearly identified that he has very little friendships and no time was spent or very little time was spent in socializing because the time was used elsewhere the time was used to train two or three a day eat recover stretch hot tub cold tub practice film review sleep repeat so his time was used on his craft and therefore, time was not used in creating bonds with friends or cousins or, or things of that nature. So there's a, there's a natural sacrifice that will be involved with obsession. And if there's people out there that are driven to do it, do it. I'm not going to stand in your way. I'm going to celebrate that for you. But let's also recognize that that's, those are the outliers, right? The vast majority of people are not obsessed. And that's okay too. I celebrate that. If your if your approach is not obsession and your approach is I like having a beer with buddies on Friday, working hard on Monday to Friday afternoon, but done at three, and then Saturday I want to chill, that's okay. That's awesome. Celebrate that. So I, I mean I don't have like a 
I don't think people should be obsessed necessarily. I think if you're obsessed and that's a quality you have, channel it, harness it, use it, celebrate it. If it's not a quality you have or want, there's other qualities you have and want. Celebrate those and use those, harness those, right? Where do you fall under that spectrum? Are you obsessed for certain um, things? Are there things that, or think, in certain periods of your life, have, have you been? Were, were you obsessed over yeah, certain things? Yeah, of course, of course. Were you there's, obsessed over your business or were you obsessed over a certain goal or at something that you wanted to attain? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and there might be times in the future too where that might happen. Uh, so there have been times I, I was obsessed with getting into physio school. That was like, I can think back and realize that all of the, what I just said to you, the sacrifices, no socializing, all those things were true for those couple of years. And I, I very clearly remember making a conscious choice. This is what needs to happen in order to get in. And there's been other times too, right? So, so for sure, that's an experience I've had and I've gotten value out of it and I, I'm at peace with it and I channeled it for, channeled it for what it was. But I also don't want to live my life that way all the time. It's not, it wasn't healthy. It wasn't sustainable for me. Um, what was the second part of the question? Second part was, um, have you ever, I guess the idea was, have you ever been yeah, obsessed over right. uh, something that you wanted to attain? Um, yeah, I mean, of course there's business goals that, that we have and there's, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't call it obsession, but, but there's a certain amount of drive and energy and time and force like energy and like muscle and, and effort. Effort is the right word. There's a certain amount of effort that's required to make those things happen. So I'm very driven to make those things happen. Um, Do you obsess over details? Uh, at times, yeah, at times. But not like every little detail. Mm. There's, there's other people that, that do things really, really well in our team. And I, you know, a lot of times it's the, the best answer is actually get out of their way or kind of get out of their way or check in a little bit. So, so certainly that's, I'm, I'm mindful of those, those variables. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. And as a physiotherapist, and I want to kind of bring that up is how does the body play with mentality with the mind and oh, the body? Yeah. How does that, that's a beautiful topic. Yeah. And, and, and I've noticed over the last couple of years and just as a, as a friend looking from the outside is I feel like you've focused on, on yourself in terms of your, your health, um, and especially it shows from, from, from your body, right? Mm -hmm. you, you've done a lot of cycling over the past couple of years, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, you know, running, um, keeping yourself fit, keeping your body healthy. How do those two things connect to well, one they, they connect in so many ways, at least in my view. So on, let's go to the negative side for a second. There's a lot of science that demonstrates to us that lack of exercise, poor fitness level, lack of activity, so a sedentary lifestyle, like this direction of habits is associated with other health factors, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, obesity, and is connected to pain. So people are uncomfortable, right? So there's no cause and effect necessarily, but all this stuff kind of goes together. On the opposite side, it's the opposite. People that tend to be more active, that tend to be mobile, that live active lifestyles and eat well, tend to have better cardiovascular health, better or less obesity, um, less pain, more comfortable. So that's, that's just like bare bones 
raw data. Connecting it to the mindset is if you have less pain, you're going to have energy to use elsewhere. Versus if you have pain, your mind is going to go towards the pain to a certain degree. And that means if you have a, if you have 100 energy units and 20 of them go to pain, you only have 80 left. So now you have less energy to commit to something else, mm. whatever that might be. But let's also, let's get real. Confidence comes from many places. External validation, internal validation, self-esteem, self-identity, how I look in the mirror, how I feel, how I slept. All of these things contribute to self-confidence. So for me, exercise, um, fitness, increases my endorphin levels, puts me in a flow state, um, helps me deliver what I want to deliver to my family from like a, you know, energy perspective. I want to be able to give as a father and give as a husband. Uh, it allows me to be, to, to give my energy to my patients as a physio. So all of it kind of goes together in that swirl of energy. But, but yeah, if I summarize it, or if I try to summarize it, exercise, self-confidence, fitness, active lifestyle puts one in a place of being his or her best self, which then means you are in a place to put your energy towards whatever you want to put it to, personal, professional goals, etc. Mm. I love that. Yeah. And I think, uh, I, I think the, the beautiful thing is, is they'll always be connected, I feel like. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 one of those things that We're, is our human body is like a weird ecosystem, right? It is, and yeah. it, then all these factors kind of connect, and 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 certainly if you find two or three big dominoes mm. that make you sleep better, that make you feel better, that make you look better, that make you have better energy to con to contribute to other things, you're probably finding some of the answers there, yeah. right? To kind of get into kind of a smaller section, what are what are some things that someone can do, you know, an audience member listening to this to get into the abundance mentality? Mm -hmm. How can they elevate yeah. their mentality? Maybe one or two things that yeah. are tangible that they can start with. Sure, sure. Yeah, the easy. That could, would that be starting starting at yeah. maybe going to the gym or maybe going for a walk or going for a run? Or does it start self-reflecting? Where would someone start? Yeah, that? all of those are, are good ideas. Um, so I'll kind of try to offer it to the audience in a way that's meaningful. For those that are brand new or kind of brand new to it, start small. That could be the simple things. Are you eating three balanced meals a day? Are you having two snacks a day? Are you drinking two liters of water a day? Are you getting about seven, seven and a half hours of quality sleep? Start with the basics. If you're not doing those things, start there. Other simple things in the early stage, uh, journal of gratitude write down one or two things that you're thankful for in the morning when you first rise or before you go to bed. So it's kind of anchoring either the beginning or the end of your day. It creates a mental habit and it forces one to think of instead of worry, anxiety, or uncertainty, it, al it also balances that to a degree by saying, despite these things, these are still true, but I'm also thankful for one or two things. So it, it kind of balances your mindset. Um, you know, figure out what your, you know, your, figure out what the things are that make you happy. That could be going for a walk. That could be time with your dog. That could be exercise. That could be uh, watching a movie. That could be being around your cohort of friends, like whatever that is for you. 
ask yourself, how often are you doing that? Is it once a month? Because maybe you need to increase it to once a week. You know, like figure maybe, maybe you need to increase it to once a day. So if you know there's two or three things that I really enjoy, but I haven't made time to do them, change that a little bit. Change mm-hmm. your schedule. So that's the kind of the easy early end of the spectrum. On the other end of the spectrum, if people are like much further along and they've already practiced these things and it's part of their habit, part of their routine already, and they're looking to go further, I think they're probably already going to know the answer. But some ideas are to like extreme challenge. What's one thing that you believed you could never could do? Write it down. Then ask yourself, why is it that I believe I can't do that? Is it me? Is it my, my fear? Is it like Raj, can Raj dunk? Well, maybe Raj can't dunk because it's physically impossible because he's getting older now and he doesn't have the genetic makeup to dunk. But maybe he could. I don't think I can dunk. But, <laughs> but you know, yeah. like ask yourself, is it, is it something that truly you cannot do mm. for a real reason, objectively? Mm. Or is it something that subjectively you have convinced yourself you cannot do? Mm. And which is it? And then if it's subjective, if you really want to do it, what would it take to make you do it tomorrow or six months from now or a year from now? Like if it's really a priority for you, let's make it happen. If it's just subjective that's blocking you, that can happen. If it's objective that's blocking you, that can't happen. Call it a wash, smile and move on, right? Mm. So that, that would be some ideas. Right. Yeah. No, I, I love that. And uh, I know I kind of want to, I'll, I'll wrap it up in, in, in maybe one or two questions, but I'm curious, for you, you know, what are the next couple years looking like? And I know that's tough to say because, you know, we've had a pandemic. We're in the midst of a pandemic Mm -hmm. in business, in life, especially because this is the business series. Um, What is that? What's the next three to five years kind of looking? I I, I know And last time you did mention this, and I'll, I'll bring it up, that you don't know. Is, yeah. the, is, the, is the answer still the same? Do you not know? Um, is there a certain anchor? Is there a certain um, value, characteristic, anything that you're kind of using to anchor yourself going to, through this pandemic mentally? Is there something that you want to do that you haven't attained yet? Um, and what approach are you taking, especially during an yeah. uncertain time like this? Uh, well, well, no, that's like a big hefty question. No, no, that's but. a great question. It's a great question. So just for the audience's sake, we're, we're filming this on in the middle of November. I don't know when it'll air, but it's middle of November now. So the, you know, COVID-19 first came to light. I think it was February. So, so we're like, um, we're nine months into this process now. So to frame your question, it's roughly nine months thus far. Um, I went through a stage very early and with my team in February and many months after that, where we were thinking our chronological mindset was what's going to happen in the next hour. And we didn't know. Mm. And I think everybody on the planet probably had some version of that. So we went through it too. And we started planning the next hour then the next hour after that and the next hour after that. And we went through that journey. Uh, then things got kind of stabilized and we started thinking what will occur tomorrow and then what will occur next week and what will occur next month. And, you know, now we're getting into the stage of your question, which is, are we ready to start, are we ready to start thinking about the next three to five years? 
kind of, yes. I mean, I think we're, you know, we're nine months in more like on the business side, I'm starting to plan for the next quarter for sure. And starting to plan for the next year for sure. So I'm in that time frame business wise. Um, usually for us, the next year will kind of be the domino that leads to the next three to five years. Mm. So I haven't established firm goals for the next three to five years. I don't have those. Yeah. I have a, I have a general direction, but there's nothing specific. We have specifics for the next quarter for sure. And for the next year, and then there's always opportunities, right? And, and those opportunities might be kind of in our control, kind of out of our control. So every opportunity that comes our way or that we're looking for, there's a bit of an evaluation process. Is this right for us? Does it check all of our boxes? Are we ready? Are we in that place of this is the right amount of healthy discomfort for our team and our company, or is it not? And and where do we land in that in that analysis and therefore then in the answer and therefore then in our execution? I don't know if I'm answering your question, but the mindset went from very tight timeframes to now more broad timeframes. Right. Um, my approach towards all that is there's a backdrop of uncertainty mm. for all of us. Is the pandemic going to get better? Is it going to get worse? Is it, is there unknown? Is there going to be a second pandemic? I don't know. So the, yes, there's always a backdrop of uncertainty and this has really brought it to light. This has forced us to be aware of that. With that being said, my mindset, going back to your question, has been a lot about in the last nine months has been about recalibration and ongoing growth despite that. So there is the uncertainty. We can't question it, but we also can't, as much as we can change it, whatever procedures and policies and efforts we make, we will do. Mm. Due diligence, put forward best practice, put forward best efforts. Once we've done that, that's as much as is in our control currently. If we learn more, we will put more in our control and we will do more. But once that's there, that's the foundation of safety. Now, recalibrate and grow. That's the mindset. Mm. Yeah. I love that. So recalibration has been kind of, it's an, an opportunity, mm. right? There's going to be pros and cons, but there's hope attached to that. When recalibrating, you can try to develop efficiencies. You can try to see, there may be some team members that were, you know, not um, highlighted before and now they can shine. Maybe there's an opportunity for you to really look at your business and see if there's other things that maybe you were missing before or new tech solutions, new app solutions. There's all these opportunities now. There's a lot of new, right? New is the key, new norm. Yeah. It's a phrase we're using. Yeah. Well, that applies to business as well. Mm. What's your new norm? Working from home, virtual, stand-up desk, tech solutions, saving time, not driving. So what do you use? What, how do you use that time? Is it personal? Is it professional? That's okay. There's a beauty to that. So there's lots of pros, despite there's some cons as well. Um, so my, my, my approach has been very much recalibrate, evaluate pros and cons, look for the pros where they are, and then grow mm. and try to get, go in that direction. I like that. Last thing, one of the last things I'm going to ask, this is going to go into another question, but how do you use technology, especially with, you know, with your industry and where you're at, mm -hmm. a lot of it is people driven. Totally. Right. It's very hands-on. It's very one-on-one. Yeah. -on -one. It's an in-person service. It's an in-person. Yeah. So yeah. now that 
a lot of businesses have been trying to adapt online and yeah. digital because yeah. they've been forced to with the pandemic. Right. How have you taken the approach towards technology, towards the unknown? Because you have been, you have been <clears throat> testing out, you've been more active online, yeah. you've been more testing out certain waters. Yeah. What's your approach to that? Our, uh, you're, you're right. First of all, our industry is very much in person as much as possible. It's a hands-on service. So whenever possible, that is ideal. Yeah. When the pandemic first struck, February, March, April, we were doing some telehealth services. So that means that we were offering physiotherapy virtually with people in their homes or in their families' homes through a through a you know a, a video camera. And that brings opportunity because they can do it from the comfort of their home. There's no mask required. They can be in a safe space. Those are the opportunities. Though obviously the drawbacks are you have to try to learn how to communicate and evaluate patients through a camera. And you have to try to deliver the same quality of service through a camera, which is which brings challenges. So that's one side. Um, on the customer service side, online booking, getting paperless documents, getting efficient tech reminders, text reminders, email reminders, like going in that direction is certainly something we we were doing before but we've done it we've dialed up the volume on those things in the last nine months mm. and we will continue to dial up the volume on those things in the coming year that's awesome yeah i'm gonna wrap this up Raj. honestly okay. man this conversation was even every time i have a conversation with you there's always something i can take away likewise so likewise i i appreciate uh, your time uh, one thing i want to leave um is is there something you want to leave for the audience could be a question, mm -hmm. could be a statement, mm -hmm. could be something. I want to give you kind sure, of that, okay. the last bit here to, to give okay. our audience one last thing. Sure. could be anything. Could I be. wasn't expecting that, but I like it. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, given that your avatar audience member is, is roughly in their mid-20s and roughly somebody who's looking to grow uh, personally and or professionally, I like to, I'll probably leave it with a question to the audience. So, so each of you that are watching, I would ask um, A, what are your current mental habits? And B, do they serve you? I lied. And C, if they don't serve you, how can you recalibrate or fine tune them a little bit to help direct them in a direction that does help better your personal and or professional journey? Always leaving it with a banger. Thank you, Raj. I appreciate it. Thank you, Omid.